it's just ideas like that where you're finding ways to reinforce the fact that you are doing your research and proving to your target account or your point of contact within that account that you are taking extra steps to get to know them, not just as a company, but as a person. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flip My Funnel podcast. I'm Joel Garcia, the content and partner marketing manager at Terminus, and I'm here with Bailey one of the team leads of our ABM programs, and we are here to talk about a few account-based marketing tactics that our team put together in the form of a cookbook. And we wanted to share a few of those learnings with other ABM practitioners. Bailey, welcome. How long have you been here with Terminus, and how long have you been practicing ABM? Hi, Joel. Super excited to be on the Flip My Final podcast today. I've been working at Terminus now for a little under a year, and I've been practicing ABM for the same amount of time. Since I've joined the team, I've helped launch upwards of, I would say, about a dozen individual ABM programs, mostly for demand gen purposes across digital, of course, on the Terminus network, paid social, direct mail, so on and so forth. These campaigns have varying degrees of complexity and have definitely gotten more sophisticated and nuanced over time. Like most companies, Terminus is going after our target account list with quarterly full-scale demand gen campaigns, but at any given time, we're also running anywhere from five to eight adjacent micro-programs to specific account segments, and then working with our sales team across the SDRs and account execs to make sure those are executed. And in addition to that, we also work with our sales team to create custom one-to-one ABM campaigns where needed to help support their account nurture efforts. Today, we're going to be chatting about two of the active ABM campaigns that I help manage, and we're also going to cover two campaigns that a few of our more advanced customers are currently having success with. But before we dive into that, Joel, I do have to ask, why did you choose a cookbook? Uh, Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, the primary goal of this specific piece of content was to gather a a collection of account-based marketing tactics that we could provide to our customer base and to other ABM practitioners in a memorable and really actionable way, and also in a very, no pun intended, easy to digest format. Uh, And it really felt like a recipe book really lent itself to transmitting that information in an easy to digest format. And that is why I decided to go with a cookbook and also in a way that would be, you know, visually stimulating, interesting, and somewhat topical because we launched it around Thanksgiving, around the holidays, and it was something that felt like we could leverage throughout the year as really kind of a spotlight piece of content that we're pushing out to to different channels. Now, a lot of these tactics involve multiple team members. They have different steps. A lot of people, pun intended again, have an appetite to to get this information in a really step-by-step format. Um, ABM is a new practice, and so having these methodologies in a way that's really that's really easy to follow is important especially when you have a lot of different tools, your tech stack is growing. So it just made a lot of sense to format it that way. Um, And previously, we would see things like this in the market in the form of playbooks, usually for sales. And it seems like they're starting to really come back into vogue 
So it just felt like the right time to kind of put together a content piece like this, especially as an ABM company, because, you know, ABM is really about bringing creativity back into the B2B process and making content that's a little bit more bespoke to the people you're trying to reach. And so that was really the, the inspiration behind the cookbook format, at least. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And as an account-based marketer and self-proclaimed home chef, this is the the perfect marriage of things for me. So I'm really excited to be able to talk about a couple of the recipes that we did included in our cookbook. So with that, we're going to go ahead and get cooking. First one that we're going to talk about is topical tater tots. And so the way that this format is going to go is basically just going to offer a high level overview of each recipe. Of course, we're not going to read out the steps word for word. We'll make sure that you all have the information to be able to get that at the end of the episode. But we just want to give you a preview of a few recipes to, you know, whet your appetite for what you can accomplish with ABM. So again, like I mentioned, topical tater tots is an account-based tactic that uses direct mail to take advantage of topical events in the news or pop culture for a light sales touch to stay top of mind. This can manifest itself in many different ways. We came up with this campaign when we started thinking of ways that we could nurture accounts without seeming overly pushy. So we were trying to brainstorm ways to get in front of our prospects in a way that seemed a little bit more natural, a little bit more fun and less of, you know, hey, um, this is my third email to you this week. Are you, are you ready to explore the Terminus platform? But more of like, hey, just wanted to send this along because it reminded me of you. And, you know, by the way, we haven't spoken in a while. And how about we revisit that conversation from a few months ago? So what we do with this campaign is we basically keep track of a number of things. We keep a list of, you know, those standard Hallmark holidays that, you know, most people think aren't a real holiday, but they, you know, like Grandparents Day or National Cookie Day, National Donut Day. And then we also keep track of major pop culture events, and we try to find ways to incorporate direct mail touches into those. So I'll give an example in just a second, but in order to execute this campaign, it's pretty simple. You'll just need a salesperson. We use our SDR team for this and your ABM coordinator. So, you know, for this example at Terminus, I run this. And the only ingredients you'll need for this are a direct mail piece, um, an email template for follow-up, and display ads that match the direct mail. Those display ads are optional. It just depends on how, you know, how hard you want to hit that list of accounts that you go after. But again, it's a good way to reinforce the message that you're sending with the direct mail. And as far as tools go, you can use your email sending platform of choice. We use SalesLoft. We use Terminus to run the ads. And again, you can use a direct mail automation platform like Sendosa to ship those out. Um, But if it's something that's pretty small in scale, we'll just manage it internally. So one specific example of how we would run a topical tater tots campaign would have been with the Game of Thrones series finale. We got a collection of greeting cards from Love Pop, which is a 3D printed greeting card company where you open it up and this paper, I guess you would call it a sculpture, opens up. They're really well done. They're really beautiful. And we gave this out to our SDR team with a number of message offerings that are related to the Game of Thrones series finale. And we had them send those out to the accounts that they were working And we shipped them out on the day to where our estimates showed that they would land on the Monday after the Sunday night Game of Thrones series finale. So as contentious as that series finale was, the cards were actually a big hit. And we didn't do a display ad campaign to go with those cards, but the cards themselves were received really, really well. And it got to the point to where people who hadn't ever watched the show, you know, for the minority of Americans who are not Game of Thrones fans, were even going out of their way to reach out to our SDR team 
to send their thank you for, you know, how beautiful the cards were, how much they appreciated the kind gesture. I will read an excerpt from an email that one of our SDRs received. It said, Joy, thank you for sending the beautiful card. I am part of the 1% who doesn't watch the show, but I love and respect the intricacies of creating such a beautiful die cut card. It will have a home on my desk for a long time. So with something like this, it just goes to show that there can be a really positive response from finding ways to re-engage your prospects in a way that doesn't necessarily have to be product or service specific or overly pushy. It can just be a good way to, to nudge that person to keep your brand, your company, your sales team top of mind, and if needed, to reinitiate a conversation. So we've done that a couple of different times with a few different cultural events. I will say that when you're executing this campaign to just kind of be, I don't want to say wary, but just kind of keep in, up, keep in mind what you're trying to celebrate. We did learn this the hard way when we tried to celebrate National Donut Day by trying to find a vendor that would ship donuts nationally. You know, obviously, uh, Terminus serves customers nationwide and also around the globe, but we were trying to find a vendor that would send donuts. And so... Thankfully, we decided to do a test run beforehand, and we had a box of donuts shipped to the office just to see what it would look like if our prospect received it. So we wanted to do, you know, like an unboxing video. The problem was, was that the donuts were an absolute disaster. Oh, no. Joel was here for this. I'm sure he can chime in, but Terminus is an Atlanta-based company. And for those of you who are, grow up in the, the southern United States, you know that it gets, it gets really warm here. So the donuts were melted. They were virtually unedible. And so we had to scrap that campaign. Thankfully, we did that as a test to ourselves rather than sending it to a prospect or a customer. But it just goes to show that when you're doing things like this, it is incredibly important to test it beforehand just to make sure that your target accounts have a pleasant and aesthetically pleasing unboxing experience. Because otherwise, you know, that would reflect really poorly on our brand, on our company, um, and on our marketing team. I actually remember, I remember being in the office. I had, I re, I had just started recently and those donuts came in so melty. And I remember, I remember joking that we should send them to our target account lists, but label it from our competitors so that, <laughs> so that their brand recall for our competitors would also be very melty and schmoopy. I just want to say that we did not do that. It was, <laughs> it was just an idea. So It was a joke. Yes, it was our a joke. Our are listening to this. Joel and I did not do that campaign. <laughs> but yeah, so it's stuff like that that is just finding exciting, innovative, fun ways to stay top of mind without necessarily making it all about your company. Um, but again, if you're doing stuff like that, make sure that you're testing it on the front end or make sure that if you're doing some sort of Hallmark holiday, cultural or topical direct mail, make sure you're sending something that is not perishable and or does not melt when you're shipping it. <laughs> and, and this is an example, right, of, of a way that you've done this at scale for, for some of our target account lists. But I do think I do believe that you also do it on a on a one to one level where you work with the SDRs who maybe in their research have discovered something interesting about their target account about their contact at a target account and you work together to kind of put together a dimensional mailer that's a little bit more one to one is there is there something that you could say about that Oh absolutely I think that there's a few that aren't necessarily related to anything like topical or pop culture, but with respect for, I guess, like time-bound events. So like we don't always do direct mails or ads that are related to time-sensitive things, but 
we have had SDRs come to me and say, you know, I'm working this account and I notice that the person I'm trying to get in touch with really, really loves Star Wars. Or I did find somebody who they had somebody who really loved Jeff Goldblum and they were like, I know that Jeff Goldblum is like really having a comeback moment and I don't know how to tie in, like how do I tie that into some sort of email or, or direct mail or something? So we worked together. I think we went on Etsy or Amazon and found some sort of, pretty sure it might've been like a Jeff Goldblum coffee mug or something that tied together Jurassic Park and Jeff Goldblum. And they mailed that out and I'm pretty sure they got a good response from it. It's just ideas like that where you're finding ways to reinforce the fact that you are doing your research and proving to your target account or your point of contact within that account that you are taking extra steps to get to know them, not just as a company, but as a person, just to get your foot in the door and get those conversations started. Because it's one thing to say, you know, I went on your LinkedIn and I noticed you have five years of marketing experience, but it's a completely different thing to say, you know, I noticed on your Twitter that you have an affinity for, you know, cats. And I myself am a cat person, and I thought that you might enjoy this picture of my cat doing something cute and dumb last night when I got home from work. And I also noticed that you have five years of marketing experience. But just saying, like, those personal, I guess, touches, I think, go a long way because ABM, Singram says that AB is B2B, but also it's person to person. So you're just, you're marketing to people and you have to find ways to, to connect with the person, not just, you know, with the company. Yeah. ABM is B2B and P2P. <laughs> exactly. The next, so the next recipe that we're going to cover is um, surprise, surprise, also about food. This is probably my favorite campaign that we've run since I started at Terminus, mostly because I am a big fan of the company that we use to ship this out, but also just because it was really fun and it was a, a really great way to generate some opportunities. So the Strawberry Surround Sound ice cream campaign is exactly what it sounds like. We did a pretty large scale campaign where we shipped Jenny's ice cream, cases of Jenny's ice cream, to accounts around the country. I think we might have done it anywhere from 100 to 200 different companies. So it was a pretty large scale event. And then we followed that up with a complete multi-channel ad campaign. We did display ads. We did personalized one-to-one -one emails. We did a larger scale Marketo campaign. And we also had a custom landing page in addition to, of course, the uh, direct mail campaign. So if you're trying to execute something like this in your own company, you're going to need, of course, your ABM coordinator or your digital marketer, a salesperson. For this, you're probably also going to want to pull in your copywriter and your graphic design team. If you're not you know, doing it all yourself and you do have that extra bandwidth, make sure that you're bringing in those teammates so that you have somebody who can create a really visually appealing set of ads and somebody who can whip up a really compelling email sequence. The tools that we used for this, we used Sendoso to send the ice cream. We used SalesLoft for the emails, Terminus for the ads. We had a Sigster banner in all the SDR outreach that also matched the display ad creative. We used Salesforce to track the success of all of this on the account record. And then we also ran the ads on LinkedIn. Um, so what we essentially did was we started running, we combined Terminus data with the campaign to know when to send it. So on a weekly basis, we would generate a list of accounts that had shown an engagement spike on the week prior. And then on the day that we got that spike data in, 
we would launch a two-week display ad campaign that had ice cream all over the imagery and it said scoop up your ideal customers with Terminus and then that took them of course to a custom landing page. We let that run for about one to two weeks just so they started getting that brand and that imagery in their mind and then on that two-week day we would ship out the ice cream. The ice cream would land probably two or three days later and then the salesperson would kick off that one-to-one outreach. So they're kind of getting a, a 360 degree surround sound marketing effort by our team because they're seeing the display ads, they're getting emails from our sales team, they're getting emails from our marketing team, they're going to customize landing pages, the ice cream imagery is also an email signature, and they're basically getting hit on all sides with like all things, Jenny's ice cream, scoop up your ideal accounts, we're constantly reinforcing that messaging, but of course it's a pretty fun and playful campaign. I don't know anybody who would complain about you know, getting ice cream. So there's a couple of different ways to execute that. You could use a more data-driven approach like we did where we're using engagement spike data to know when to send it. Um, But you don't really have to do that. You could do it, of course, with any list of target accounts that you think you want to initiate a conversation with. And you could run that all in bulk. Um, But we kind of managed to do it a few accounts at a time. But by the end of the campaign, we ended up sending upwards of 100 to 200 accounts over the course of the campaign by deciding to capitalize on that web engagement with a direct mail effort to start that conversation off. And as far as the results go, we had great results. I know that anecdotally, one of our enterprise sales reps told me that he was getting either a 50 or 55% success rate with converting those accounts to open opportunities with the ice cream direct mail. So a really great response rate with that. And even for people who may not have been ready to have a conversation about Terminus or about ABM, again, they did go out of their way to thank us for the ice cream, to explain that they were grateful for the fact that we sent it. And most of them, even if they weren't ready at that time to have a conversation, they did make a point to say, you know, reach out in a couple of months and I'd love to explore ABM with your team. So again, it's just another example of using them. a somewhat out-of-the-box way to start a conversation with a target account, a good fit, possible client, in a way that you're making sure that you're maximizing on every area of opportunity to try to get in front of that person, whether it's display ads, email, direct mail, landing pages, email, email signature, social networks, phone calls, you know, obviously. And I'm sure that there are probably more channels that we could have used if you really wanted to go all in on this campaign. Mm-hmm. That's really great. And just to remind, I guess, our listeners that the, this sort of like dedicated, scaled effort is really something that the account-based marketing team focuses on. And it's my understanding, Bailey, that that it's also tiered a little bit where not, I don't know that everyone was getting this strawberry surround sound ice cream. It's It's just the accounts that we're focusing on for the quarter, correct? Correct. So with this, we have our quarterly list of target accounts, and we were running those reports and cross-referencing engagement spikes against our target account list. So just because an account was visiting our website doesn't necessarily mean that we were going to send them this ice cream. It was more of, okay, not only is this account a really good fit for our product, but we also know that they've spent been spending a significant amount of time exploring our content online. So this seems like a really good time to take advantage of that engagement by sending them this direct mail. So we're taking kind of a tiered approach by maximizing on both fit 
and engagement data to kind of find the perfect sweet spot to really dive in and, and help sales get their foot in the door. Yeah, no, no better way to be scooped up than exactly. with. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so those are two active plays, um, active recipes that our ABM team is currently cooking with to generate revenue for Terminus. And I wanted to spend a little bit of time now to talk about a few other plays that a little bit more of our advanced practitioner customers are using currently that are a little bit more involved and involve a lot more prep time and setup. Um, And the first one that I'd like to talk about is called retention rigatoni. And this is really the goal of this, of this tactic is to um, protect your key accounts from churning right when they right when they're starting to consider competitors. So one of the at a high level, the things that you need to really execute this retention play, this tactic, is you need your sales development, you need your sales team, your SDR, you need an ABM uh, manager or coordinator, you need a marketing ops person if that's not the same person as your ABM practitioner, and you probably also potentially need someone from product marketing, just someone who has knowledge and visibility into the discrepancies between your product, your offering, and your competitors, just so that you have the messaging down pat. The ingredients that you might need would be intent data, some sort of third-party and first-party intent data provider that's, that's integrated into one specific kind of hub so that you're able to action on it. Um, that goes the same, that goes for engagement data as well. You probably need some sort of retention deck prepared for your sales team that would be prepared by your product marketing uh, lead or your account-based marketing professional, depending on how your org structure is set up. Um, and you might need a, something like a competitive battle card. I know that those are not, not, not necessarily in vogue currently, but it is a a quick way to synthesize kind of your competitive differentiators in the market so that when your sales team needs a quick reference, they just have it on hand. And another ingredient would be a a general email nurture program kind of built with your specific competitors in mind. The tools of which the the tools you would need to kind of action on a lot of these to put this together would be kind of your social media channels, Salesforce as, as the main hub, Terminus, or any other account-based marketing platform that can integrate first and third-party data like that together, and potentially LinkedIn Sales Navigator if that's part of your tech stack. And the way that, that we think about this recipe being put together is you really want to start with your list of target, your list of, of key accounts, uh, customers that, that are your dream customers that you want that you prize, that you want to renew year after year. And you want to have that in, in a really strong list, a central list. And then you want to be tracking their renewal date so that as they come upon their renewal date, you can automatically spin up ads to get in front of them before your competitors do, because we promise you that your competitors definitely have some sort of indication as to when they lost a deal to you. And they are probably starting to spin up ads and outreach towards those accounts to win them from you with, you know, promos, with price cuts, with whatever, with product announcements, new features that they're coming out with. So it's really important for you to to keep an eye on their renewal dates and to start spinning up ads to those accounts because you better believe that your competitors are doing the same. So it's really just kind of making sure that you are sharing the airwaves, if not owning them for your target accounts when they're approaching the renewal date. And 
as part of this campaign, you really do want to layer in the third-party intent that we were speaking about previously. So this can be this could be partnering with G2. This could be getting Bombora third-party intent data, which you can get directly through the Terminus platform, and then automating ads based on that. So when an account is indicating that they are either doing online research for your competitor or they're trafficking your competitor's site, you have some sort of visibility into that and into which competitors specifically so that when your CSMs are reaching out to have meetings about renewing, they're able to position the conversation around your competitive differentiators, how you're better than your competitors, features that may be coming down the pipeline that are competitive with features that your competitors are announcing um, or offerings or solutions or discounts, whatever it is, it's just good to have that information in front of your CSMs in a way that they can action on it. And you can also, at least with Terminus, spin up ads that, that may lean into your competitive differentiators just so that you're not just advertising to your target accounts, but you're really kind of setting the table in a way that will make it more difficult for your competitors to really start that conversation because you're already so much farther ahead. And from there, you can also, if you have a direct integration with with these intent providers and your marketing automation solution, or if you want to trigger them based on web engagement, you can start launching email nurture programs that are just automated coming from marketing just to get that additional touch point. It doesn't have to be from the CSM um, specifically, but it can be something that your marketing team sets up uh, with the foresight of knowing that, you know, you have to keep, you have to retain your top accounts. And this is one mechanism that you can do to, to do that. Another thing that you can do is as the account approaches the opportunity phase, as the contracts are getting negotiated, you can do other things like layer in VIP dinner invitations. You can also use Sendoso or Alice or PFL, any of the any of the other um, dimensional mailer platforms, and send them direct mail about a promotion or about an event that's coming up. You can spin up LinkedIn ads targeting the decision makers specifically, the people who are going to be signing the contract, and deliver them very personalized one to one kind of messages that really lean into your competitive differentiators based on the competitors that you know that they're surging with intent for um, and also progress them through you know whatever whatever nurture programs that you have going through email and then we also want to stress that you should at this point even when the opportunity is closed one you should be spinning up ads to the users of your product or your offering just to make sure that they're adoption, that you're driving utilization, if you've managed to upsell them, that you're really spread, you're really going deep into the account as opposed to just having one, one champion for your product or offering to just to really make sure that you've, that you've owned the conversation from start to finish across all members of the buying center. So that is an example of retention rigatoni. It's something that I've seen have great success with a variety of our customers. Um, it's something that I've executed in my past as a B2B marketer, and it's something that I believe that our customer success team does as well. Bailey, do you have any thoughts on retention rigatoni as a, as a tactic? I do. I do just want to say that I think this is a prime example of how ABM reinforces the idea that you should be marketing throughout the entirety of the sales cycle, the buyer's journey, whatever you refer to it as not just up until an opportunity created, 
but definitely before, during, and after an opportunity is created. So marketing and sales and marketing and CS should really be working hand in hand the entire time. And it might not have to be the same person or people running those campaigns. It could be passed through a few different hands, but following an account-based strategy really is just a strong reminder that you can see an immense amount of success by finding ways to engage people before they've become an opportunity while they are an active opportunity to nurture them, to get them to the sales cycle faster, to increase your pipeline velocity, and again, once they're a customer, to find ways to ensure that they're making the most out of their time as a customer and getting the most out of your product or services. Just because an account is a customer doesn't mean you should stop marketing to them. In fact, um, that's a really wonderful opportunity to keep marketing to get them, to try to generate more cross-sell or upsell revenue. So again, I think that this recipe in particular is a great example of how a B2B team can use ABM to continue to drive results and you know drive revenue and get those important marketing metrics from their existing customer base. Because again, it's you know much cheaper to renew a customer than it is to bring on a net new client. And this is a great example of how you can make sure that you get that recurring revenue from your customer base. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, a customer just came to mind, actually. And if you are a frequent listener to the Flip My Funnel podcast, uh, Jillian Gardner from Thomson Reuters really does employ some of these really impressive retention campaigns. I believe they had a 95% win rate, 80% of which came specifically from renewals. And it's because they have these always, always on digital ad campaigns running specifically towards when the, their accounts are approaching the renewal dates and they really kind of keep their product roadmap in mind when it comes to you know, executing on a lot of these campaigns. So they're, they're really a, a great customer to look at when it comes to, to retention. Mm-hmm. And their case study is available on our website if anybody is curious to see a few examples of things that they're running in their organization. Yeah, and I believe there, that episode is also available on the Flip My Funnel podcast. It is. You will just check it out on the Flip My Funnel website. <laughs> the next recipe that I kind of want to touch on that is also a little bit more advanced um, is the, the webinar rum cake recipe. And this is kind of specific to, to content marketing as a function of account-based marketing. So um, webinar sculpting is a concept that I kind of have a lot of experience with and it's some it's a technique that that I'm naming sculpting and it's really kind of how you execute a webinar with an account based mind frame and the the required chefs involved for this if we're sticking with the uh, recipe format you definitely need a content marketing lead involved you need an email marketing manager involved and as well as your sales reps who are going to be following up with the leads and contacts from target accounts who are coming through. Um, And you need a couple of speakers, whether those are thought leaders in your space or sales leaders or people within your own organization or people you invite from your customer base. It can really get, um, you know, your speakers are are really kind of up to you as long as they're knowledgeable and, and can speak relatively well. And the ingredients that you'll need are display ads. You'll need to spin up a landing page. You want intent and engagement data. You want personalized direct mail invitations, survey research, a survey platform like SurveyMonkey would do. Um, And you need the capacity to do a lot of A, B, C, D testing, really. A, B testing as it's known, but really you want to do a variety of testing across all channels just to really start sculpting the message that will really resonate with the majority of your target account. 
list. The, the tools that you might use would be GoToWebinar, On24, On24 is another really great webinar platform. Google Forms is also available if you don't have SurveyMonkey um, and if you're really good in Excel and you also need a marketing automation platform and probably some sort of landing page builder that also has A-B testing functionality. And the process for building a webinar um, with an account-based process in mind is you really want to start promoting it well, well, well in advance of your webinar date. So you probably want to give yourself at least six to eight weeks to, to really put something like this together. And you can start with a general concept. You can start using by using your intent data provider or another kind of another kind of tool that, that just gives you indications as to what's really trending in the market. So BuzzSumo is a good example of an SEO kind of tool that that lets you know what's trending, what's getting shared. You can use a tool like Bombora to really see what topics are trending across your target account list to really isolate the topics that you know will resonate with your, with your audience. And from there, once you have a few of those topics selected, once you kind of cultivate um, how your product leans into those topics, you can really start putting together a few different messaging strategies to really get, to really cast a wide net and see what is getting those conversions, what is getting those registrations. So you might start with one specific kind of, of, of messaging strategy, like achieve blank goal by learning about why tactic or reduce industry costs with these five best practices. You might have this industry tips to beat your competition. So you can start with a variety of different messaging strategies. And from there, that those become your headlines and, the, and your subject lines for the landing pages that you're putting out and testing. They become the subject lines from the emails that you're sending out and testing. And then in the subhead, you start including other kinds of messaging that you are also testing as far as preview text goes, as far as, as, far as body content goes. So really the idea is to kind of create a matrix of different things that you're promoting and testing and see which ones are driving the most conversions. And as you're sending out these messages over you know, a two to four week period of this eight week testing scenario, you're really starting to, to whittle down and sculpt what the webinar is actually going to be about. And the reason why you want to give yourself a lot of lead time is that your webinar is kind of like you're building the plane as it's going, which isn't to say that you're, you're going into it unprepared. You're really conducting research as you're figuring out what is getting people excited, what content is getting people the most engaged. And once you have that figured out after this four-week period of, of doing this variety of testing and including messaging across the board, um, you really can build into a webinar that's really going to be exciting for people. And we also recommend, I mentioned surveys previously, you want to create a, a variety of questions about the topics that you've already kind of isolated from your intent provider from a tool like BuzzSumo, and that way you can survey the webinar registrants on their position on a specific amount of these topics, and from there you can put together kind of a, a, an infographic about the learnings that you've accumulated. You can fold those learnings into your webinar as they get finalized. So you really have a lot of user-generated content about topics that they're engaging with, 
for example, we ran a webinar about intent um, after we announced that Terminus was going to be integrating Bombora intent data. And so as part of the webinar that we were pushing to promote this integration, I asked how many people were tracking competitor terms. I asked um, what channels they were using that they planned on using Bombora intent data to supplement. And from there, we were able to put together a few interesting stats also available on our website that about people's usage of, of intent data and about their future plans for intent. And because these were people who were registering for a webinar about intent, this content was really, really bespoke and customized to them and to their experience and to you know, other ABM practitioners as well. So it's really about doing a lot of testing up front before you really commit to a finalized, finalized talk track and messaging track and content. And once you've conducted that first four weeks of, of testing and you have that isolated, um, you can spend the next four weeks really building and doing due diligence as for the research to put that stuff, put, to put that stuff together, to incorporate your survey learnings, to get to find speakers who are really knowledgeable about it. I know you have to commit to speakers right from the right from the beginning, but it is an opportunity for you to to do research so that you're better enabling your speakers with the content that's really driving the most conversions and that people actually care about. And uh, you know, a content marketer is so excited to get data like that, to get information like that. So they know what to research because a content marketer's job is first and foremost doing a lot of research to put together content that actually is relevant and will move the needle as opposed to just writing content that we think is going to be relevant or important. It's really sort of sculpting a webinar about these content pieces or about these topics that are resonating, you know, that are data-driven and resonating with your target audience. And that is an example of, of kind of webinar sculpting. And that was our webinar, webinar rum cake recipe. And with that, I think we can move on to final thoughts. Bailey, um, do you have any final words to say to our listeners about our cookbook or, or about ABM in general? I will say that I was really excited to see this cookbook come out just because it is such an easily digestible piece of content that combines the visual people for people who really need that visual aspect to learn with the step-by-step granularity that I think a lot of today's account-based practitioners are looking for. You know, it's one thing to just give kind of recommendations on what you should do with your ABM program, but I think it's an entirely different thing to offer concrete step-by-step instructions on how to execute this. So I personally think that it's a really wonderful piece of content. I hope that everyone listening to this at least takes the chance to skim through it. The entirety of the cookbook, again, we covered four recipes in today's episode. There are 13, and it's available at terminus.com forward slash cookbook. And Joel, I know that you also wanted to extend an invitation to anybody who wanted to add to it if you want to go ahead and, you know, talk about how they can do that. Yeah, sure. So our goal is to really, you know, put together more content pieces that that are a little bit more step-by-step to inspire our customer base and other ABM practitioners as we build ABM as a methodology in the market. And we're hoping that you are happy to contribute. So if you would like, if you are currently running an account-based marketing play or tactic that you would like to share with us and have us promote on our website and through social, please do email us at content at terminus.com. And we'll incorporate that in a version two of this cookbook that we'll hopefully come out with again at the end of the year. 
And thank you so much for listening. I am excited to have finally been a speaker on the Flip My Funnel podcast. Hope to join again someday. But again, please feel free to reach out to either Joel or myself with any questions that you might have about anything that we covered in today's episode. Yeah, and feel free to find us on LinkedIn. Thank you all. All right, thanks. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.